The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. And so I just kind of want to share how I got here because a lot of you, I work with your kids. And so I know that you want to know, like, who is this kid that's always messing with my kids and they're always screaming and talking about them. And so I met Stephen about four years ago. Like I said, I got saved at one of his events. And um, I, I really started going, I really fell in love with his mission trips that he would, he would do. And so we would go into like inner cities and do stuff during the summer. And so I started off as like a student on those. And I kind of kept coming and he couldn't get rid of me. And so then uh, he started letting me lead a little bit. And uh, it was like my third summer doing it. And he started talking about uh, this church that he was going to plant called The House. And I was like, well, you're going to plant a church? Okay. And so I had never been a part of uh, planting a church. I didn't even know you planted churches. I thought they were just always here. I, didn't, I was just a new Christian. I just didn't even know. And so um, we talked about it. And I had met this other youth pastor. And uh, his name was Stephen as well. Um, and he was a part of this church in my hometown. And I had moved away to go to school. And so I decided to move back and just serve there um, for the next year. And me and Stephen had talked. And he was like, well, you just go there. And you serve, and then in a year, you look and see where you're at, and if, if that's not it for you, because I had tried going to school, I had switched my major like three times. I started off thinking I was going to be a biomedical engineer. I can't barely say biomedical engineer, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I signed up for that. Then I switched to teaching, then business, and then I switched to something else, and then I left to come up here. Uh, but I started serving in that church, and... Um, then me and Stephen had been talking, and it was like halfway through the semester, and he called me, and I was like, yeah, bro, this ain't it. Like, I need to do something else. And I just felt empty. I felt like a little frustrated. I felt like I could be doing more. And I know that a lot of you um, already are judging me because I'm a, a millennial. And so the, 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 some of the stereotypes about millennials are like, uh, we're lazy. Uh, we are like cry a lot. They call it snowflakes or something like that. I'm like, I don't melt in the sun. Baby. <laughs> but anyway, um, and they say like, we uh, like participation trophies. Well, I'm like, we didn't make them and give them to ourselves. Like you, you gave us the trophies. So <laughs> anyway, one thing about millennials is that we love to feel like we're a part of something like great. Like my life, like I long to do something awesome, big, bigger than me, something great. And so when Steven started talking to me about the church, I was like, all right, this is something that I think I can be a part of. And so uh, I moved up here, started helping him out with Be The One, started helping out with the church, uh, just always served. And um, eventually he finally let me speak. So uh, that's how I'm here right now. Um, <laughs> um, and so I started off as like just some random kid, didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And now I am the director of outreach at Be The One Ministry. So basically I plan all the trips now. Um, I am one of the kids' church directors, me and Sydney do that, and then I do student ministries, which is junior high and high school. And none of this stuff that I'm saying is like, oh yeah, he's awesome, claps for Dev, he's great. I don't really know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's so you can see that, that I got here through serving. It's that it's nothing that I really did uh, amazing. It's not like I, was the, I just walked in the room and I was the, the most... Uh, eligible bachelor or anything I just I just showed up and I served and anytime somebody asked me to do something even if I really 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 didn't want to do it I just say yeah and if I didn't know how to do it I found out how to do it I asked somebody who could do it and I always say yes to serving and that's why I got here but um, I'm gonna pray real quick and then we're gonna dive into what I want to talk about Heavenly Father God we thank you for today God we ask that you would make our hearts ready to receive your word 
God, we pray that, that we would leave here better than we came in. God, I ask that you would remove me out of the picture, God, and that you, it would be more of you and less of me. In your son Jesus' name, amen. All right, real quick, um, turn with me to Hebrews 6, 10 through 12, and they're going to put it on the screens. Um, and so it, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. And so I'm going to just ask a quick question and then we can go on just so I can know that we're all on the same page. Who uh, would like to inherit all the blessings that God has promised? Okay, sweet. If you didn't raise your hand, then I don't know what's wrong with you. We got, I think we got a class for that or something. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so, so I talked about a little bit about how I got here. And so uh, when I went to the other church, when I went to the church in Nagadish, it's a church called Freedom Life. Uh, I really love them there. Uh, they're they're kind of like my family. And so I, uh, I went there and the youth pastor was just started asking me what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And so I had a plan. This, I was going to be, I was going to be like the next T.D. Jakes. I was going to be like the next, you know what I'm saying, huge pastor. So I would say, you know, I'm going to be a youth pastor for a little bit. I'm going to be an associate pastor. I'm going to be a pastor pastor. I'm going to be a pastor. And then I'm going to take over the word for Jesus Christ. And then I would just tell people that. And they were just like, what? Anyway, so he was like, all right, well, sweet, because my pastor wants to meet with you. And the pastor is his father-in-law. And I was like, okay, sweet. He wants to have a meeting. What do I bring? Like, do I bring my notebook and Bible? How do I need to dress? Like, I've never been to a pastor's meeting before, so I just need to know these things. Um, and so one day after service, he calls me in his office. And I'm like, it almost feels like I'm going to the principal's office. Like, am I about to get in trouble or am I about to not be in trouble? I don't know. So uh, he calls me in there. And he starts asking me some of the same questions that the youth pastor was asking me. He was just like, what do you want to do? Well, what, do you, what do you see yourself? Like, what, what's, your, what's your goal? What do you want to do in the ministry? And so I just told him everything. I was like, I'm going to be a youth pastor, associate pastor, pastor, pastor. I'm going to take over the world for Jesus Christ. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, I said, I'm going to be like Stephen Sexton, but like the updated, more handsome, shockingly more funny version. And so it would be like iPhone 3 and iPhone 6S Plus, all that. All right? Sweet. Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, <laughs> and so he, he says, oh, he says, okay, okay. And uh, he was like, that's interesting because I was praying for somebody like you. And I'm thinking, okay, you've been praying. I've been praying. Come on, we can work together. We can take over the world. Pinky in the brain, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been praying for somebody to, to clean the church. And I was like, so who you want me to go tell that to? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know a couple people looking for a job. I can help you out and go find them. He was like, no, no, no. I want, I want you to clean the church. You know, he said, I can't, I can't pay you much, um, but I need you to come up here a few days of the week. You know, our facilities are kind of, our church is getting bigger. It's harder for us to clean it. And so I need somebody who can come up here and then come on Sundays. You have to be at church on Sundays. And then on Wednesday nights, you have to help out with the youth. And I was just like, man, what's wrong with you? I didn't say this out loud. In my head, I was just, while I was processing. Uh, I was like, man, you don't know, you don't know who you're looking at? It's the next T.D. Jakes, baby. You know, you just don't know. Wait 10 years, I'm going to show you. You're going to ask me to clean the church. What's wrong with you? And so, um, when I, so I did what anybody with, you know what I'm saying, any kind of dignity or pride would do. I looked at that man right in his eyes, and I just stared at him for a little bit. And I was like, what time you want me here Monday? <laughs> what time you want me here? And so I started cleaning, and I did that for about a year. And that's funny, but I believe that a lot of times in the church, when someone asks you to serve, it's kind of like you have a, a reaction like 18-year-old Dev. 
Now, it's different now when you come ask me, I'll just do whatever. But 18-year-old Dev was like, okay, how is that going to get me where I'm going? How is that going to help me? And we don't want to do the job that nobody wants to do. We don't want to put the chairs back up every week, even though we line them up the same way and then they get messed up somehow. It's like little leprechauns come here at night and just push all the chairs around. You know, we don't want to do that. We don't want to clean the toilets. We don't want to do any of that. But I believe that serving is what takes you to the next level. Real quick, I just want to say a few things about serving before we get started. Just kind of help us have some perspective. Um, so first is we serve God in order to show appreciation for what he's done. We don't serve him for his acceptance. And so acceptance is, I love you, you can come as you are. And when we show appreciation, it's just saying, God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It's not saying, okay, God, if I do this for you, you love me more? Or if I don't do this, are you going to strike me with a lightning bolt? Like if I skip church, am I going to get like hit on the highway or something? That's not it. Serving has to do with favor. Love is unchanging. God's love is unchanging. He loved you before you were born. He's going to love you for the rest of your life and into eternity. And so there's nothing you can do to change that. Um, second is we serve an invisible God by serving his visible people. And so the bottom line is this. I don't know if you have ever like seen God, but I personally have not like seen God. And if you have, then you should probably stop smoking whatever you're smoking because <laughs> you haven't. All right. I'm just telling you. Okay. And so um, we but the way that we can serve him and Jesus even says as, as much as you've done to the least of these and he's talking about people, then that's like you've done it to me. And so that's the only way that I know that we can show appreciation to God is to serve his people. Um, and then the third is God has given us all at least one spiritual gift to be used to glorify Jesus and build the church. And so here's the thing. You may not be able to uh, preach like Stephen Sexton or you may not be able to play guitar and sing like an angel like Nick Lockhart or uh, Stephen Hill. But there is something that you can do. Maybe you're nice. Maybe you have the gift of evangelism. You can go out and talk to people. Maybe you are hospitable. Maybe people just like you and they're drawn to you. There's a gift that you have. And I think that, that one of the biggest things that, that the enemy does is he puts these certain gifts on a pedestal. But God never does that. He says, okay, if you're not a preacher, if you're not a worship leader, or if you're not a youth pastor, then you're not important. That's not true. Like we need people to set up the flags and we need people to put out the signs and we need people to be here to greet them. Because if I greeted everybody, they'd be like, man, it's a ghetto church. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> And so we need you here helping, and God has given you that gift not to just hold it. He's given it to you to build something. And so um, real quick, there's four keys that I want to share with you guys about serving. And so the first is that it opens up vision. Um, as you get under something that's bigger than you, it, it gives you more vision for your life. And so it changes how we see. Um, it broadens our perspective for our potential, and it helps us realize our gifts. And so for me coming out of high school and coming out of college, like I was not the person who would get up in front of people. Like I would literally take zeros in high school. If the teacher was like, you have to present this, I'm like, well, you're gonna give me a Z, you're gonna give me a zero on the presentation. And she was like, no, no, you, you gotta get up in front. I was like, they don't pay me to get up in front of people and talk, they pay you to get up in front of people and talk. I don't, they don't even, they don't even pay me. So unless you're gonna send me a check, I'm not getting up there. And so then I would just take the zero and keep rolling. But I got around people who I did life with, like Stephen and the youth pastor and Pastor Stanley and all these guys who are communicators. And I started to see that he's just a normal guy. Like he has a call of God on his life, but he's just a human like me. Like God made him just like God, God made me. We put our underwear on the same way unless they put theirs on backwards or something. I don't know. But um, 
we are both men, and if God can use him, then God can use me. Um, and um, it changes how we see greatness. And so in Matthew 20, um, Jesus um, has this little conversation with his disciples. And so two of the disciples, James and John, they sent their mom to go up to Jesus and say, hey, um, my sons, you know, the two, James and John, can you let them sit beside you on the throne in heaven? Can you do that? And Jesus was like, oh, lady, 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 lady. You don't even know what you're asking for. They, they don't want to drink the cup that I'm drinking. And they don't want to be baptized with the same baptism as me. And then they came and they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 we do. And Jesus was like, all right, you asked for it. Like you ever like I remember having a little brother and he would just like he would just pick. He would just always pick. And I'm like, all right, if you don't leave me alone, I'm about to smack you. And he would be like, just picking. I was like, all right, you asked for it. And then he would go, ah, you bust my eye. Anyway, so this is kind of that situation. Jesus is like, bro, you don't you don't want what you're asking for. I'm telling you. And they were like, no, I want it. And the funny thing about Jesus is he says, OK, um, you can have it. You can have the baptism. You can have the drink, which basically mean like you can be crucified like I'm going to be crucified. And uh, but I still can't give you the seat. And so I'm like, man, Jesus, that's messed up. You're going to give them the bad stuff, but you don't want to give them the good stuff. But um, anyway, the thing that Jesus was talking about, and they, uh, after that, Peter and them, the rest of the disciples, there's 12 of them. So you can imagine that the other 10 were not happy with James and John. They're like, dude, you always brown nose, and you're always trying to get one up on us. You're going to send your mama over there? Come on, don't you have any pride, man? Jesus liked me more anyway. I'm the one he called out on the water. Come on. What? Come on, I'll punch you in the face right now. I'm greater than you. You're not greater than me. No, I'm greater than you. No, you're not greater than me. And so Jesus says, hey, 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 hold up. All right, let's talk. Let's have a little conversation. And so um, it picks up right here and he says, uh, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom of many. And so basically what he's saying is, you see how I am going to be great? Like, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to serve. I'm going to become a slave in order to be great. So we're not going to do greatness like the Gentiles. Like, we're not going to lord it over each other. And we're not going to do greatness like Walmart or, or Tyson or, or, or whatever company. We're not going to do greatness like the world. We're going to do greatness by serving. And whoever is the slave will be first. Um, and so it changes it changes how we see, and then it changes what we see. Um, we, begin looking to, we begin to look for doors he's opening rather than busting our heads against doors that he's already closed. And so I meet so many people who, who want to do something for God, who want to do something great, but they are just stuck. They just keep hitting the wall. They just keep, they can't get, they can't get over. They can't get through. They can't get past. And I'm not saying to give up the first time you see adversity, because there's been many times where I wanted to be like, I'm out of here, Stephen. I'll see you later. I can go do something easier. And it's been hard, but I didn't leave. And there's a difference between adversity and God straight up telling you no. Like if every door you turn to is closed, then you're probably in the wrong place. And so when you serve, it gives you the vision of God. And the more that I am around Stephen, the more that I know what he wants for this church. And the more that I can actually go through the doors that allow me to do that. And it changes how I live my life. Um, second is it changes who we see. It changes who we see. When we serve it, it shifts our focus from ourselves to others. And so the opposite of serving is selfish. And so if you're selfish, you look at yourself. How can I be happy? How can I do something for me? But when you're serving, you have no choice but to, but to look at others. There's never a day where I walk in kids' church and I'm like, all right, how are these kids going to make me happy today? <laughs> They're not. They're going to kick me in the shin probably. That's good. They're gonna t- <laughs> That's good. 
they're going to talk while I'm talking. And I'm going to have to say, hey, you keep talking, I'm going to take you out there to your mama. And then they stop talking. And so it's not going to be, it's not going to be pleasing for me every time. It's going to be me looking into them and I see, I see a kid and I see what God can do through them. And so I don't just see them, I see Jesus in them. And so that's why Jesus said, whatever you do for them, it's just like you're doing for me. Because the same call and the same love and the same grace that's on my life is on yours. And so it's not, I'm no better than you. And it changes how we see and who we see. All right. So the first thing of getting your serve on is that it opens up your vision. The second is that it puts you in position for more. And so here's the thing about positioning. I played soccer in high school. And uh, the, the, the funny thing is, is that my freshman year, I just wanted to run all over the field because I was the fastest kid there. And I just wanted to run and score. And all the time, the coach would be yelling at me, play your position, play your position, play your position. And I'm just like, I'm playing every position, baby. What you talking about? I'm all over the field. And he's like, yeah, but you gassed like two minutes into the first quarter. So you, you're done. You're no use to me. And so um, he would always say, play your position and be in the spot that you need to be. So then when the ball comes, you're ready to do something with it. But if you're running around chasing something, when the ball comes, you're not going to be ready. And so um, with God, it puts you in, more position, in position for more from God because we have to be humble in, in order to receive anything. And when you're serving, I don't know if you know of any like prideful servants, but I don't necessarily go to like Salvation Army and see people handing out, handing out uh, scoops of beans and be like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Here's your stupid beans. Like, I don't see anybody doing that because you have to be humble in order to agree to serve something. And so humility puts us in position to be producing for the kingdom of God. Uh, second is it puts you in position for more from people. Um, here's the thing. I don't know if you know how just like common sense works, but if you do something for people and um, they know that it's not because you want something for them and they know it's because you're for them and you love them, then they will just automatically love you back and, and, and put, they will put you in a good spot with them. The reason I'm able to come and do this, I didn't just walk up on Stephen yesterday and say, hey, bro, I'm here. I think you should let me preach tomorrow. No, it's been years of me putting his priorities before mine. Years of me serving him and his family and helping him. And it's not like I'm a slave and he hits me with a whip. But it's just like I, I love him and I want to I see his vision come to fruition. And so I help him. And through that, it's not like I decided, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this so that Stephen can do something for me. He didn't promise me anything when I came here. Um, I do it because I love him. And God just sets it up that we will be blessed whenever we serve. Um, and then the last thing that it puts you in position for more from, it puts you in position for more from yourself. Here's the thing. You just feel, I don't know if you've ever just like went and did something for somebody or gave something to somebody, but you just feel, you just feel good. You just walk, you know what I'm saying? You got a little hop in your step, you know, you all, you cheery. And you can tell when like I haven't done something for somebody else in a long time because I'm like a zombie. I'm like, what do you want from me? I don't do anything. And so, um, but when you give, it's just proven that, that when you serve, it, it, it treats the symptoms of depression. Come on. It, stress, anxiety. If you're in a place where you've been anxious or stressed or you feel depressed or like you're not good enough, why don't you just go out and do something for somebody else? And then you'll want a few things will happen. You'll, you'll realize that, oh, maybe I don't have it that bad. And then you'll start to, it just takes the focus off of you, off of your problems, and it puts it on solving an issue. Um, so the first was it opens up your vision, it puts you in position for more, and then when you get your serve on, it produces favor. Um, and so I talked a little bit about the pastor who, who hired me as a janitor, 
And so um, his name was Pastor Stanley, and he's really, like, really close to me now. Um, when I, I stayed there for a year, and so I uh, started sweeping, and then they were like, well, we need a guitar player in the worship. And so I was like, I can barely play guitar, but I'll do it. And then I started helping in the youth, and then pretty much I started doing announcements. Anything he, he said that he needed done, I would say, I'm, I'll do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. And so a year goes by, and I had, we had been talking about it for a while, and so they kind of knew that I was leaving. Um, and so it was my last Wednesday, and I spoke at youth, and then he called me into his office again. And so at this point, I'm like, all right, bro, like, if you're going to, like, tell me I can be, like, a super janitor and you'll pay me, like, a dollar more, then I'm going to be a little frustrated with you right now. But uh, he uh, calls me in the office, and he says, man, I just want you to know that I appreciate you, everything that you've done. You said you've done everything that I asked you to do. You've done more than what I've asked you to do. And so I just wanted to bless you. And so he prayed for me, and then he handed me a check with $500. And I don't know what, like, $500 is for you, but for me, like, I had 250 And so I was like, come on, baby, we multiplying. I got money now. You know what I'm saying? I went and got it in all ones, took pictures on Instagram. No, I'm just <laughs> But, um, and not only that, he, uh, his son came up here, and so he helped us move into our apartment. And then uh, he called me outside, and he was like, Dev, I've just been praying, and I feel like God wants me to pay your rent. And I was like, okay, you're going to pay my rent for this month? That's awesome, man. He said, no, 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 I'm going to pay your rent for the rest of the year. I'm going to pay it for a whole year. And so, I mean, for me, I was like, because I, like, had enough money to get into the apartment, and I was going to have to, like, find a job the next day, but I didn't have a car, so I was going to have to ride my bike. And so it was just like, oh, God, I'm here doing what you wanted me to do, and it feels like stuff ain't going to work out. And then this pastor comes and says, I'm going to pay your rent. And so that is what I think favor is in the world calls it lucky. The world says, oh, man, you, you just got lucky. You just met the right people. But God says, since you served me, I'm going to give you favor. And so you get your serve on, opens up vision, uh, puts you in a position more, and produces favor. And then the last thing is that uh, something that we don't really like, but it takes sacrifice. Yeah. And so it takes a little sacrifice. You're going to have to actually come up here <laughs> more than one service. Um, it, so it, you have to sacrifice your time. Here's the thing. I meet people that say, well, you don't have to be a Christian to go to church. If you don't go to church, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian. I mean, you can be saved and not go to church. I mean, I believe like you believe in Jesus. He died for you. You're good. But if the church is Jesus' bride, then how can we expect to have God as a father without the church as a mother? How can we expect to be, be a part of what God is doing and we don't want to be here? We don't want to show up. If we ask you to do something and I already know what you're thinking. Oh, I know it. Stephen's going to send his little scrawny messenger to come tell us that we need to do more in church. That's not what it is at all. <laughs> all right, you're not supposed to laugh that hard. I ain't that scrawny. All right, but that's not what it is at all. We know that as you come and serve, that it's going to take you to another level. Yeah. And, and, the, and the reality is this. We're not a big enough church that you can just walk up and say, hey, I just want to do this and only this, and that's the only thing I'm going to do, and if I don't do it, I ain't doing nothing. Like, we need people in certain positions. Now, eventually, I believe, like Stephen said, your gifts make room for you. And if you come and serve where you're needed, then eventually you'll get where you want. I mean, when we first started, Adam talked about doing college, and he was talking about doing young adults, and that's what he wanted to do. And then I saw him doing Welcome Mat, and I was like, hey, what do you want to do? But he did it, <laughs> and now guess what he's doing? College and young adults. When I came here, I wanted to do youth. I don't like kids. Anything smaller than this, I mean, I didn't like kids. I love kids now. All right. All right. <laughs> anything, anything smaller than this? 
Hey, I love all y'all, Ben. I love you. I see you ain't paying attention. It's all right. See, you wouldn't listen. All right. I thought, I'm going to do junior high, I'm going to do high school, it's going to be great. And Steven said, we don't have no junior high, high school kids here, so you're going to have to do kids. And I was like, all right. And I decided to give them everything I had to that. And I would go in there every day. And the first time we did it, I'm going to just tell you this, just remember, that was a long time ago, like a year ago. We, I let all the kids tape me up and stick balloons to me, which is like, if something happened, I couldn't get to them. And then we, and then we danced, you know what I'm saying, I couldn't find no worship songs on my, on my iPod, on my iPhone. So we did MC Hammer, can't touch this. So. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so we had church. We had church. And this is what I'm saying. Through serving a year, we don't do MC Hammer. Can't touch this no more. It's but I had to sacrifice to get here. It wasn't just overnight. And it, wasn't, it wasn't just like Stephen thought, oh, yeah, you're cool. You could come up here. It's serving faithfully. And I believe that, that, that serving is spiritually connected to productivity. And so if you're somebody that you've been at this level, but you want to go here, or if you're here and you want to go here, the way to get there is like Jesus said. He said, serve, be a slave, be last, put yourself last, and it will make you great. And so um, if you've been coming here a few months and you still haven't got a chance to go through framework, that's our three-week class that, that just teaches you about who we are. And we don't want you to serve something that you know nothing about. Um, we want you to know our heart and get the vision of the church. And so you can sign up for that in the foyer. And then also, if you've been here and you've been through framework and you still haven't jumped in, we have some needs that we need. We need some people to help out in some areas. And we're just asking you to take a step. And it may not be what you want. It may be beneath what you can do. And there's a big, let me just say this, there's a big difference between like what you want to do and what you can do. All right? If you come up here saying that like you want to lead worship or you want to do kids, but like you don't even like kids and you sound like a bag of cats being banged against the wall, it's probably not your calling or your gifting. We're going to allow your gifts to make room for you, not your emotions or not your feelings or not what you feel like would be better suited for us. And, and ultimately, we're building God's thing. This is not Stephen Sesson's thing. This is not Devin's thing. This is God's thing. We're going to use our gifts to bring heaven here. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.